Welcome to Fast Company Digest, essential stories from tech, design, impact, and work life, narrated by Noah App. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor and host of the New Way We Work podcast, Kathleen Davis. Here are this week's stories. First up, from Fast Company's tech section, an op-ed from the former head of Trust and Safety for Twitter explains what it'll take for Threads to really be the Twitter killer it hopes to be. Narrated by Noah. Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the NOAA app or at newsoveraudio.com. For NOAA, this is Adrian Walker reading from Fast Company. We're on the 14th of July, 2023. Alex Popkin writes, I was Twitter's head of trust and safety operations, and this is what I believe will help Threads. When Threads, Instagram's discourse-based app and what some are referring to as the Twitter killer, surpassed 30 million users in the first 16 hours of launch and 100 million in less than a week, it sent a resounding message to social media platforms that users are clamoring for a safe, non-toxic alternative. The question is whether Threads can uphold its current content purity and become a lasting substitute that retains users and avoids the content moderation pitfalls its parent company Meta has become all too familiar with over the years. Right now, Threads feels a lot like the Internet circa 2010, chock full of playful banter, celebrities getting the hang of things, and Zuckerberg versus Musk memes, but users are skeptical it will last. How can it? Ultimately, it'll come down to Threads' algorithmic choices and prioritization of content moderation, the type of community its leaders cater to, and controls it's willing to put in the hands of users. Even though Meta has laid off tens of thousands of employees over the past several months, the company maintains a highly sophisticated tech stack determining what content its algorithm surfaces to users in their feeds, in addition to a well-resourced trust and safety team. They'll need to leverage all available resources, as so much of a user's experience on a platform comes down to what is algorithmically amplified or de-amplified, moderated or left unmoderated. In recent years, Meta has moved to make content more personalized. Think in line with TikTok's ridiculously relevant algorithm that knows you happily consume cat and cooking videos, and less divisive. Think sensational political content and probable misinformation. While Twitter has become a free speech absolutist platform under Musk's reign that allows lawful but ultimately awful content, Threads will want to adhere to Instagram's fairly robust set of rules that includes things like respect other members of the community in order to retain its user base. Also, unlike Twitter, which has become the de facto global town square for news and politics over the years, Instagram CEO Adam Mosseri said that the company will not be encouraging politics and hard news on Threads, instead favoring communities like sports, music, fashion, beauty, and entertainment. This would appeal to the large contingent of Gen Zers who are spending more time on platforms like Instagram and TikTok than Twitter, and certainly to the creator economy. Neutralizing divisive political discourse is a wise first step, but Threads will have to look out for other common content moderation challenges that its sister app, Instagram, struggles with, like cyberbullying, the promotion of eating disorders, and other self-destructive behavior. Perhaps the text-based, more real-life nature of the platform will help with this, or perhaps not. With a younger audience comes the need for even more robust product safety controls 
and Threads will be wise to put more control in the hands of its users. In the app, users can make their accounts private, choose who can mention or reply to them in a post, report posts that violate community guidelines, block problematic accounts, and hide replies to posts that contain specific words or emojis they blocked. None of these features are revolutionary. They exist on Instagram and Twitter, and Threads should seek to expand this arsenal of controls in order to allow users to curate their own safe experiences. In a stark departure from Meta's traditional operating model, Threads works with decentralized platforms like Mastodon, giving users control over their audience even if they leave the app. Moves like this will foster a user-centric experience and a loyal follower base. Threads has the benefit of belonging to a parent company with tremendous hindsight, having been at the forefront of numerous scandals over the years, from Facebook's Cambridge Analytica imbroglio to criticism around Instagram's impact on youth's mental health. It also has the pressure of regulation on its back, like the EU's Digital Services Act, assuming Threads becomes available in the EU soon, and UK's online safety bill, and with its hefty fines if it doesn't comply. What's more, once Threads introduces ads on the platform, and it will, antitrust experts will remind you that Meta is the social media juggernaut, it'll have the added pressure of large advertisers demanding a brand-safe environment. So will Threads continue to be a fun, largely abuse-free corner of the Internet, or will it succumb to the kind of toxic cesspool users have come to expect from many social media platforms? Hoping for the former, though only time will tell. Ultimately, users will be the judge. You are listening to Fast Company, where on the 14th of July, 2023, Alex Popkin, the VP of Trust and Safety at Web Purify and the former head of Trust and Safety Operations at Twitter, writes, I was Twitter's head of Trust and Safety Operations, and this is what I believe will help threads. Read by Adrian Walker. And next, from our work-life section, a global mental health consultant explains a new trend playing out at many companies, well-being washing, where a company appears to be focused on well-being, but only in a way that enhances their PR profile. You're listening to Fast Company, where on the 17th of July, 2023, Petra Velzebor writes, Well-being washing is on the rise. Here's what it is and how to stop it. Petra Velzebor is a psychotherapist, CEO of the mental health consultancy PVL, and author of the book Begin With You, published by Kogan Page. It seems like there's a new buzzword each month as we all try and make sense of the rapidly changing world we are in. Well-being washing may be the latest. Well-being washing is when a company emphasizes appearing to be focused on well-being in a way that enhances their PR profile externally, while ignoring how employees are actually feeling internally. Toxic practices, limited resources, and a lack of psychological safety can mean that the reality of a team's culture vastly differs from what an organization advertises. Unfortunately, workers sometimes need to ignore the well-being awards being won, the strategies being flaunted, and the faux vulnerabilities being displayed by leaders. As a global mental health consultant, I'm seeing well-being washing play out in a variety of ways. For instance, there's a difference between well-being washing and being at the beginning of your well-being journey. 
If you're in early stages, you may be experimenting with different initiatives and learning about what works well in your industry and for your team. You won't get it right the whole time, but your aim should be to build your strategy and internal culture as well as your external well-being profile. Well-being washing, on the other hand, is toxic, and a concerted effort to show off the bells and whistles of benefits, resources, and apps, while leaders behind the scenes mock well-being as fluffy and fail to invest the funds or faith in systems and practices that create actual change. If you feel resentment about what's being shouted from the rooftops versus how you feel day-to-day, you may be experiencing well-being washing. Here are three things you can do to stop it. Firstly, you could try and change things from within. Sometimes, with all the reactivity and change going on in organizations today, many don't see clearly what path they are on or understand how well-being is intrinsic to performance, talent retention, and the success of the business. If ignorance is to blame, internal activism and changing things from within may still be possible. Connect with the people you can partner with. For instance, your diversity and inclusion network, well-being champions or HR teams, can help you raise concerns about what you think you're seeing in the culture. Then, as an aligned group, you can come to the conversation solution-focused and prepared to offer to support initiatives that can enable small steps to building a mentally healthy culture. Secondly, you should practice bravery. If you want to call out and address a system that is failing workers, you should understand the risks you are taking. Speaking out may feel like a great risk to your job security or promotion opportunities. We often use our energy to complain to colleagues or friends before thinking about what's in our control and what we can do to actually make a difference to the problems we face. But understand that it takes bravery to talk about mental health, to lead by example, and to enact real change, rather than just telling other people what's wrong or what to do. Sometimes we simply need a collection of brave people to behave differently and show the way. If you want to help fix an organization that is participating in well-being washing, I recommend you experiment with being this person. Bravery and standing up for what is right is a skill that can be strengthened. Thirdly, to stop feeling resentment due to well-being washing, reflect on what you need to thrive. Sometimes you simply can't change the system in place, and it is more important to find a way to leave a toxic environment. Take some time to reflect on your environment and if well-being washing is taking a negative toll on your mental health. If it is, and you've tried to change things from within, it might be time to leave. Boost your support networks outside of work and do whatever is in your control to boost your mental health so that you can have the strength to do what you need to do for you. Rest assured, there are many companies who are focused on getting well-being right. While well-being washing is unfortunately common, it can be tempting to think that toxic environments are everywhere like that and you're simply lucky to have a job. And this is not true. While I'm not advocating for rash decisions, in my experience, many companies are genuinely trying to get this agenda right. And yes, we're all at the foothills of innovation when it comes to sustainably balancing well-being and success, yet places do exist where you can honestly learn together and thrive at work. It is possible for work to be good for your mental health, not just something you have to recover from afterward. 
You are listening to Fast Company, where Petra Velzebor writes, Well-being washing is on the rise. Here's what it is and how to stop it. This article was published on the 17th of July, 2023, and was read by Adrian Walker for Noah. The article you just listened to was narrated by the team at Noah. Continue listening to more great journalism on the NOAA app or by visiting newsoveraudio.com.